Welcome back, everyone, to the College Football Breakdown. I'm your host, Zach Haynes. This is the Week 3 preview, and boy, do we have some guests on here tonight. We got Grant Bagwell. Everybody knows Grant. The troll himself, the enthusiastic Georgia fan that he is. Uh, He's a national champion um, for right now. Uh, He can say that for maybe a couple hundred more days. Um, And then we have a new guy. Then I can say we're two-time. Two-time. That's if they they win. And then we have a new guest. Um, We don't have Trey here. All right. Hopefully we can get all four of us. But we have the one and only Zachary Edwards. Yes, my name's Zach. His name is Zach. He loves college football. I love college football. Yes. Um, He has a much lower voice and much louder voice than I do. So we had to like... (laughs) turn his mic all the way down to the lowest possible setting because he's just going to yell into it. But, Zach, uh, are you excited to be on this tonight? I've been thinking about this all day, and I'm really excited, actually. I already have some talking points if if given the chance to speak on them. If we give you a chance. But my goodness, am I excited to talk about college football. Yeah, I know you are. We're not really going to talk about your favorite team, though. I know you're you're thinking about sneaking it in, so I'll give you a chance to sneak it in right now. Okay, so if if you want a minute segment, a a minute segment. Yeah. So I'm uh, my family was born and raised in Goldsboro, North Carolina. My dad moved to Florence, South Carolina, uh, when he was a senior in high school. I'm a huge, huge, like huge North Carolina Tar Heel fan. Uh, so we're a great storied program. I can talk about how great we are, but historically, we are not so great in college football. But guess who's three and zero this year, baby? It's three bad teams back to back to back, but we're three and zero. Well, so. I don't know if Appalachian State was a bad team. That's right, let's, that's let's remember hey, that. Here. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll right, get to Ab, that. Ab State's actually decent. They are. Uh, we're gonna jump right into the preview. All right, we got four games for you guys on the slate tonight. Uh, the first game we're gonna jump into number twelve BYU. Knocked off Baylor in their past game. Number nine Baylor, by the way. Hmm. If you guys remember from the past podcast, I was really high on Baylor for this upcoming year. They had all of their defensive line back. I thought Blake Shapin was a really good QB. I thought they were the most physical team in the Big 12. And they are facing at number 25, Oregon. Yes, Oregon's ranked <laughs> number 25 because uh, hmm. they beat Eastern Washington 70-14. to 14. So apparently that, that makes you... In the AP poll for some reason. Uh, couple couple things we need to get into. Uh, BYU right now currently has two of their top receivers as game time decisions. Uh, Gunnar Romney and Parker Nakua, I believe is how it's pronounced. Uh, they had a really good fresh, freshman receiver in Chase Roberts. He's got 11 receptions of 163 and one touchdown for the first two games. He had a really monster game against Baylor last week. Really saved their season, really stepped up in the best possible way. So, i got my two guys here on the podcast. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts, initial thoughts for the game, for BYU and Oregon? Um, and what do you think is going to be some key key things that we're going to have to look at during this game? Grant, you're the vet. Are you sure you want me to go first? Go ahead. I, I want to look something up real quick about my, key, my <laughs> first thoughts. Yeah, so... <sighs> my first thoughts when thinking about this game is first of all, BYU's really impressed me so far, even without their receivers to get that win at Baylor. I watched the highlights of that game because I didn't get to get all of it in um, last weekend. But my goodness, Oregon is not a physical football team. Uh, they're just not. Uh, the game against Georgia, it's like you know that 
you know that feeling whenever you're watching your little cousin trying to ride a bike and he just keeps falling down over and over and over and his knees are all bloody and yeah. you're like somebody please help him like that's that's how i felt watching georgia just steamroll oregon and part <laughs> of it <laughs> trying to hold in my lap yeah part of it is like legit part of it is yes they're out athleted yes they're out recruited but part of that is it's got to be down to heart at some point do i still think georgia's 30 points better than them yeah but that was embarrassing i say i'm going byu by 17 17 17 he's already putting out his bold prediction that's a that is bold cotton because right now oregon's a three and a half point favorite at home that's three and a half i it's a big 10 to 17 that's my range 10 no, to 17. Lo- no lower than 10. You already said 17. You can't go back. All right, right 17 then. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Grant, B- what B- are your thoughts? BYU covers. Um, I'll actually take BYU on the outright. I, I agree with Zach um, that Oregon isn't ready for big boy football. Um, I think they'll get there eventually under Dan Lanning because he's going to bring in a culture of physicality. I think it'll be similar to what you saw like with Sam Pittman going to Arkansas. You're just going to have to take a culture change. Um, and again, like Zach said, yeah, they didn't deserve. They weren't. They weren't on the same. They weren't in the same universe as Georgia. Um, I think that initial thought. My initial thought was going to be, let me check the time of this game to see whether or not I'm even going to watch it. Um, but it's at three thirty, so sure, I'll watch it. But if it was eleven <laughs> o'clock, there's no way. Um, but yeah, initial thought. I think that BYU's win against Baylor last week was very impressive. I was watching that game. Um, did, I think it came on right after the Florida game ended, and I just kind of kept. I just kept on the same. It was on ESPN, so just kept watching after the Florida uh, Kentucky game was over, and I kept. I don't know about y'all, but I kept kind of waiting for Baylor to start to pull away. Um, yeah, I thought and so it, too. it was very weird watching BYU just kind of. I mean, they just kind of they never they they weren't willing to just lay down, uh, mm-hmm. which shows I think a culture of that physicality that Oregon lacks. Yeah. Um, I, I just think that now is BYU going to do the same thing to Oregon that Georgia did? Well, no, I don't know that anybody mm-hmm. outside of Tuscaloosa can, is going to be able to do that. But um, as far as this weekend, yeah, I, I can see. I don't know that I see him winning by 17, but I, I see a convincing win for the Cougars this weekend. And here's here's the thing that I'd like to add. Do I think this BYU team is a top 15 team uh, year-round? Very possibly, from what we've seen so far. But I also just don't think Oregon's a very good football team, which is, from what I've seen, I am not at all impressed. This is far, far, far from what they once were. You know, with that little span they had from like 2009 to 2014 with Marks Marriott, they are not that program anymore. Yeah, they have a bunch of cool uniforms. Just wear one color and play football. The because jet, the Jets kind of dope too. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I mean, I just don't think they're a very good football team, and I think they're just going to get punched in the mouth. I think it's a lot of waste of talent. I think yeah. with Mario Cristobal, he recruited so well, so well at Oregon, and then. I mean, <coughs> wow, cough there. I, he just wasted the talent. I'm afraid of that in Miami, but... Well, here's what you have at Oregon. Essentially, at this point, you've got... You've got... You good? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm Zach's, good fa- Zach's falling apart over there. Um, the, uh, this is weird saying Zach. I mean, 
I know who I'm yeah. talking to. No one else <laughs> yeah, I'm talking. Zach yeah, Haynes is falling apart. Yes, yep. sir. The host himself. Um, I, I think that Oregon at this point. So you have a you have a transfer from the SEC playing quarterback that couldn't handle the SEC. Oh, you have a defensive coordinator from the SEC that's a new head coach. I'm not saying it couldn't turn out. It couldn't work out for Oregon eventually. It certainly has not so far. Um, Oregon essentially at this point, and here's my first trolling moment of the, of the afternoon. Congratulations, you're now discount Auburn. Because <laughs> you have less physicality hey, than Bo Auburn knows. does. Yeah, well, we know, uh, there is a bow that apparently we don't know do according you know to 30 for 30, but this bow we do know, <laughs> and it's not a good one. Do uh, you know what Bo knows? How to throw to opposing defenses? That's one thing. <laughs> and he also knows that he just probably shouldn't have gone to Oregon. I don't know I mean, why. He's, he getting, he's getting the starting knob. This is true. I mean, it doesn't look good in the I guess better to, better to lose in highlight. Hey, he had five touchdowns. Highlighter like, green. He had five touchdowns last game. <laughs> That's true. All right. His How touch- many touchdowns did he have in the first game when they played an actual team? They didn't. <laughs> he, he didn't. By the they way, only scored three points. By, by the way, technically no one has any touchdowns against that team yet. So. Ah, yeah, there Thank it is. Thank you, Grant. There's the plug. There, there, there is the <laughs> hey, we're going to get to that. You're going to like a lot of things I'm going to say later. It's subtle. It's yeah. probably good Trey's not on this podcast. Oh, it's going to be bad. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make a comment about it, but we love you, Trey. Yeah, I love. He'll him. he'll listen to this. <laughs> yeah, I, but back to the, I got Brigham Young by at, at least a touchdown. Yeah, my my one thing with this game is is good or bad bow. We've seen a lot of bad bow. All right, that's the question. Every We've week seen with this a lot of bad bow when he plays when he plays against good competition. I don't know how much of a challenge Oregon will put up against Bonix. They have good linebackers, but other than that, I have not I've not been impressed with the Oregon secondary, especially when they were playing against Georgia. Yeah. Maybe that has <clears throat> maybe that has a lot to do with Georgia's offensive scheme and how they use their tight ends. But it didn't look impressive. And they got pushed down they got pushed around on the line of scrimmage. I really believe in Baylor as a, a physical team in the Big Twelve. I mean mm-hmm. they they've shown it the last two years with Dave Aranda. And BYU beats them. And BYU beat them by being as physical as they were. Without having two receivers. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's that's that is that is a problem that I cannot get around with this Oregon team, and then I have to flip that on my head and say, "All right, Dan Lanning's the Dan Lanning, starting at Oregon with the talent that he does have, he's one and two. How is the fan base going to react to that? I understand that Mario Cristobal didn't leave because he was getting fired; he left to go take a better job. He thought so. Oregon was still a decent team." They were still competing for the Pac-12. Dan Lanning comes in, and they start at 1-2 and two with a blowout loss to Georgia, a win against Eastern Washington, and then a loss to BYU. Yeah, I don't know how well that'll sit with the Oregon fan base, fan base but mm. I think questions will start to come up to Dan Lanning. Now, should they come up? No. He's three games into his year. But I think they will, and I don't think Oregon fans will be too happy if they lose. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I am going to go... Against the spread, I'm going to go with BYU outright. Now, I think this game will be 31-27. That's my prediction. All right, I think it'll right. be a lot closer yeah, than people fair. think. Um, but but I have I have BYU outright over yeah. the spread. There's a, there's a really good chance that Oregon 
could have their feelings hurt from everyone dogging on them and just getting embarrassed that first week and them come out and really fighting and winning this game by about four or five points. I just don't think that much of their program. So I'm saying they're going to lose by 17. And but it, I, it is I a new staff. It is a new staff as well. That's they're true. Building a new program. True. Uh, we're going to move on to the next game. Oh, man. Uh, Bo Nix is old stopping, stopping <laughs> grounds. Uh, number 22 Penn State at Auburn uh, in the Plains. To, shout out to Saturday Down South real quick this week. Once again, continuing with the tradition of editorial excellence, <laughs> they um, successfully said this game was going to be in Happy Valley. That would be last year's game. Uh, so for those, I like of Saturday. You, hey, let's not hate yes. on Saturday. Oh, I love Saturday on yeah. South, but I mean, I could proofread better than that. <laughs> <laughs> take take it away, Zach. Yeah, you're you're. Hey, hey, you're the local troll. <laughs> I gotta get mine in. You, you have to saying. get in. It's it's. And every, this is regarding Auburn, so you at, know I'm gonna be like, it's yeah, gonna be up another every level. single segment. All right, that's what makes this. That's what makes it better when you're on here, Grant. There's your, there's your <laughs> bonus troll for this yeah. segment, because my real one's coming regarding. The Eagle Tigers. The Eagle Tigers. <laughs> the war, whatever they are. The are they the Tigers, tigers or the, the War Eagle? What are you? <laughs> the giant identity crisis on the Plains. They're, they don't even know where they are. There's yeah. no Plains in <laughs> middle Alabama. No, there's not. There's peanut there's not. fields and pine trees, but there's no Plains. No, there's the not. Prettiest little village on the Plains. What do you think you are? Nebraska? Where is Jackson State again? What state is that in? I'm pretty sure it's in Georgia. Okay, yeah, never mind. Where did that come up? I, are you do you think they should be? Do you think they should be? To be honest, the, the way they're beating teams, they, the AP will probably rank them soon. I mean, yeah, they, they, they're beating the brakes off of teams. But well, come on up to Athens, we'll see what happens. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> nope. He already said no to that one. <laughs> Wait, I'd love. We, I'm sure. What, Kirby team, what teams in Athens? Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Oh, you're a Georgia fan. Die hard, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Die okay. hard. Yeah. All right, but Zach. Yeah, he he knew that he was strong. <laughs> Zach, uh, there's way Penn, too much cohesion on this side of the. I know there's right way now. too much. <laughs> I'm not sure I like it right now. I think this is really good for the podcast. To okay. be honest, we're, we're going to move. On. I, I know there's a lot of cohesion right now, but we're going to move on to uh, number 22 Penn State and at Auburn because yeah. that's what they want to hear about. Yes. Um, Penn State beat Ohio, uh, 46 to 10, last game. Auburn beat San Jose State 24 to 16. Yes. There was an emoji face for that that win. That was not not the greatest win. Yeah. Uh, Penn State in its games against Purdue, they struggled to run the ball consistently. Against Purdue, thirty-one carries, ninety-eight yards, three point one yards per carry. They ran the ball well against Ohio, but again, competition level. All right, lines of scrimmage, the athletes that are on the line of scrimmage are not the same as they are for Purdue compared to Ohio. Uh, Auburn, Auburn has been consistent at stopping the run. Uh, 64 yards per game. That's where they're allowing. Again, subpar competition, but it's still impressive to keep teams under 64 yards rushing uh, during these first two games. So something's got to give. Both both teams stop the, the run well, and one team runs the ball effectively. One team ran the ball effectively in one game, but has been consistently known for not running the ball. So... My my question is is what's giving? Are we relying on this Penn State team, on this Penn State offensive line and Nick Singleton, their their true freshman, or are we going to rely on Tank Tank Bigsby and excuse me Jarquez Hunter? 
this is a toss-up for me because you see Auburn's only allowing what is it 16 points a game they're on, they're only giving up 16 points per game but still the fact that they only won that game by 8 against San Jose State really concerns me so i'm kind of flipping back and forth from this idea that Penn State's never going to be above a 10 and 2 program i see or 11 and 2 program 12 and 2 however many games uh, they get to play. I, I'm I'm kind of torn about this one, to be honest. But if I had to go with my gut, just outright gut, I say Penn State wins by a touchdown, just just because they're off, just because of their offense. Because I, I think Auburn has a good defense, but I also think they're probably not going to score that great. They they don't have a high octane offense. And, you know, that that game against San Jose State is troubling for Auburn fans, I would say. I mean, they're going to – I think – I would imagine it's going to be a heavy dose of Tank Bigsby this weekend. Oh, yeah. And Tank Biz, Bigsby and then – it's so hard to say that name. Tank, Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. And Jarquez Hunter. Jarquez, Jarquez Hunter is not a bad running back either. He's their, he's their running back too. And he, he runs the ball extremely well. So they got a, they got a two-headed monster there. Yeah, we wanted one of those heads, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my question to you guys, and for almost all these all, all the fans out there, who needs this win more for the program? Auburn, one hundred percent, one hundred percent Auburn. Okay, my question then back to you is this: What are the expectations at Penn State and James Franklin? Because if we think that it's Auburn. Then from a, how high are the expectations for Auburn this year and how high are they for Penn State? So if Penn State loses this game, if they lose to Auburn and then they go out and they lose four or five more games the rest of the season and they end up eight and four, seven and five, they consistently do that. And I think questions are starting to swirl around the program for James Franklin. Whereas with Brian Harson, it was supposed to be a down year. So if they lost this game, it's like, okay, we expected that. So who really needs to win more? But it's, so are you talking about from just an observer standpoint or from a fan standpoint? Think of it from an yeah. observer to a, a observer to a program standpoint. Because go, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Sure. Go. Yeah. Go. Ahead. Are you positive? No, I'll go ahead. All right. So <laughs> looking, okay, from an observer, I'm an, an observer, a non-fan looking at Penn State. If you're talking expectations, I've gotten to the point now where I expect nine and three. Or I expect yeah. eight and four, mm-hmm. and I expect getting killed by Ohio State. Um, <laughs> and and except, at this except point, wide out. What about wide out? Power of the wide out. Once every decade or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I just don't. If I'm at Auburn, I mean Auburn went. You had a span of four years where Auburn played for two national championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, given that's ten years ago. But still, that's the last time Penn State played for national championship was now the the forty year jokes are now residing in Happy Valley, and um, I think that Auburn is a team again from um, it's now it's hard to be non biased with them, but attempting to be as non biased as possible, they're a team that's more in search for an identity than Penn State is. Penn State, um, at least this year, the expectations were lower per se 
Um, there was no hype really around Penn State. Not that there is any. I mean, I was Auburn. high on. I was high on them. You were. You were also high on Cincinnati, and I won't let you forget that. <laughs> hey, hey, Cincinnati. <laughs> hey, they played better than yeah. most teams played against. Last Bama. year was. Yeah. All right. Ex- any, anyway, we don't want to get off the yeah, that tangent. Anyway. All right. But yeah, no. Seriously, Same I just Georgia. think I just thank you. Um, I just think that. Uh, um, I think that Auburn is more in in need of this win in the sense of they don't have a team identity. The school is embattled with the fact that they arguably have the worst boosters in the country. Hmm. Um, so you want, I, I would imagine they want to have some attention taking off that or taken off that. Um, and uh, I would say, sorry, sorry, uh, get a text on my phone. Um, the um, at the end, I, the expectation is going to be different in the SEC. Would you want to be? I think when, it go, when you look at Alabama and you look at the the I'm going to say the the family split lines. You got the one side of the family that yells "Roll Tide" and one side yells "War Eagle" or "Go Tigers" or whatever. And I would say that when that is the beast that reside, that's your neighbor, that's that's your in-state friend. You don't want to be the, just the, the the can that's getting kicked down the road, and that's where Auburn is now. And I think a top 25 win over a Rank, uh, over Penn State is much more important than Penn State beating a team who already had low expectations. Like no one's going to be impressed if Penn State beats Auburn, because I think a lot of people expect that. Um, that's my thoughts. So that's kind of my jumbled thoughts on it. So but what if Penn State loses to Auburn? How badly? What What is the perception around the program if Penn Here. State loses to Auburn, I'm, I'm a gonna, team that nobody expects to be good? I'm going to address that. Yes, please do. So I think it's way bigger of a deal. Let's say Auburn, you lose by 14 versus Penn State losing by 14. I think it's a way bigger deal if Auburn loses, and this is why. I mean, just think about what they are. First of all, you've got an SEC school in football. Also an SEC school, a fo- a, a SEC football school that is in the state of Alabama. Your biggest rival is the Alabama Crimson Tide. And you have a storied program. You've produced what I believe, now this is somewhat biased, to be the greatest college football player, probably the most dominant college football player ever, in Cam Newton. You have a storied program, national championship caliber program, caliber program, and you have consistently put out good athletes that then go on and do great things in the NFL. And Penn State has not done that as much. Now, yes, they have Saquon Barkley. They have a couple other guys. Micah Parsons, was he at Penn State? Mm-hmm. I be- yeah, Micah Parsons is ridiculous. John. John Dotson. That's right. John Dotson. The last two years, they've been decent. On yeah. But, but, but over a span of time. Let Penn State can lose to Auburn because of the way that Auburn plays football, and then they could go on and still win eight, nine games. But Auburn, it's different in the SEC. But still, if Auburn loses to a team that's outside of the SEC and that team is Penn State. And let's say they lost by like two or three scores. That's really bad for their program, in my opinion. Well, J- just because of the hype that's supposed to surround any team in SEC football other than South Carolina or Vanderbilt. <laughs> just, Ouch, yeah, throwing South Carolina there. <laughs> just, well, just think... 
yeah, Trey's not gonna like that. Comment. <laughs> just just think just think about the the expectations. Like I, I mentioned, the boosters at Auburn. I mean, they're quicker to fire a coach than I mean, they're gonna be paying Gus Malzahn till the kingdom come. And so the the, Gene Chizik, the baby. yeah, they're willing they're willing to pay to do buyouts quickly. If if James Franklin's record at Penn State, if you get to the point where like like I said, we're at the point where we expect. Penn State to go nine and three or eight and four on a good year go ten and two maybe challenge for a spot in the Big Ten championship. Mm-hmm. If you've gotten to the point in the if you flip that and put that expectation on an SEC school, one of the caliber of an Auburn that has a national championship, you're gone. You're not lasting there. Gene Chizik had a national championship and was gone two years later. Yep. There there is no there is no time for complacency in the Southeastern Conference. I don't care what they say about the Big Ten East. It's not the same. Mm-mm. Auburn needs this win way more than Penn State does. The Penn State fans, Penn State, the Penn State University might be fine with the complacency of oh, it's just going to be another nine and three year. But hey, we won nine games. We were we finished the year ranked nineteenth. That's not gonna, that's not going to cut it. Auburn has to find an identity because they've got to get out of this. Hey. We're a middle of the pack, maybe seventh or eighth best school team in the SEC, and get back to where they want to be, which is 2017 beating two number one teams in three weeks, which yeah. has never been done in college football. That's what they expect. If they're if if I think if they're going to get back to that position, this opportunity this weekend is such a great jumping off board for that. Yeah, I think I think they I think they about have to take advantage of it. I think this is huge for Brian Harson. Yeah. With that being said, Penn State by touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll get into. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bold bold, bold (laughs) predictions here. Bold prediction. I think Nick Singleton, running back for Penn State, rushes for more than 100 yards. Okay. He does. I think he had a really good game against Ohio. Albeit it was Ohio. Uh, (laughs) But I think he I think he has a good game against Auburn. Uh, It has. Right now, the spread is three on Penn State. I have Penn State covering, and I have my prediction as 27-17. 27-17. In yeah. favor of the Nittany Lions? In favor of the Nittany, Nittany Lions, yes. Almost hmm. backed away from my mic there. Careful. <laughs> Grant, do you have one, or are you just... I you mean, I hope it's Penn State by 100, but... Um, I'm gonna chuckle anytime Auburn loses. Yeah, no, I think I think Penn State, I think Penn State wins it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 31-21. And you said them by a touchdown, right? Like, yeah, I'm trying to give you Penn a, State. Hmm. Any Penn State. <laughs> Penn State. Twenty-four. Auburn eighteen. Eighteen. They go for two and one up eighteen seventeen, and then Penn oh, excuse State me, up. hold on, <laughs> give me a second, hold on, let me l- let me regather my thoughts. Um, he was just implanting Iowa's offense. In yeah, the that's true. Quick. They got that's safety. Um, two safeties. Penn State thirty. Yeah, Penn State thirty one. Auburn twenty four. Okay. Two touchdowns, two safeties. That would be a Iowa thing to do. Yeah, it would. Also, another Minus. Iowa thing to do is to score seven points. Score 14 <laughs> points through your first. And to be. Yeah. Guys, Zach Haynes is Zach, is, Zach is just. The, the, the headphones are just jumping off of his yeah, body. Yeah, these, these new headphones are not, not doing well right now. I'm oh, sorry if there's. It does look good. I'm sorry if yeah. the mic 
if there's mic interference like every five minutes because my headphones are jumping off and hitting the mic. <laughs> um, let's move on to a game that I want to talk about a lot, but I also oh. don't want to talk about yeah. because it's with a team that I have already discussed my opinion on. <laughs> and we will continue to discuss my opinion on. Number 13, Miami, 2-0 at number 24, Texas A&M. Texas A&M still ranked. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Miami beat Southern Miss 30-7. If you didn't watch, if you just look at the look at the box score and you look at the score, it was a much closer game than people realize. Southern Miss did put up a fight for the first half and part of the second half. Texas A&M, we already know what happened to them. Uh, 17-14 App State over Texas A&M. 82 plays to 38 plays. I don't even have to say anymore. My question is, is Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback, versus this Texas A&M defense? We can say all we want about this Texas A&M offense. Yes, it's bad. The defense still has a lot of talent and is still, it's still commendable um, to stop you and to stop your offense and to give you troubles. My question is, is how is Tyler Van Dyke in this Miami offense going to face up against this Texas A&M defense and pass defense that, again, is allowing 112 passing yards for the first two games. That's that's an impressive stat when you think of its passing. Thoughts, guys? Uh, I, I think... You don't want to talk about this game either, do you? Me neither, yeah. I... I want Miami to lose this game so badly. One, being in the Coastal Division in the ACC as a North Carolina fan. I hate Miami. Um, but this is why I'm going to give... Oh, This is why I think a and going to win this game. And this is why I think a and going to win this game. I know. Predict, uh, prediction. I think A&M wins this game by three. And this is why. A&M has to win this game. Jimbo Fisher has to win this game. If he does not win this game, he might see a Scott Frost situation. Like, honestly. Now, I I don't think that'll happen, but in the near future, it very well could happen. Maybe next season they could be like, hey, how about we get someone who can actually run an offense that isn't 30 years outdated, you know? Because Miami... I just think Texas A&M's going to play probably the best game they've played so far, just out of anger. Wouldn't um, be hard to do. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be hard to do. I also think Miami does this every year, where we're oh Miami's back, the U is back, and they're never back. They have never been back since the early two thousands, and I mean like two thousand two, they haven't been back. So, I think Texas A&M edges out the win because they have more five stars. Because they have more talent. Now, they had more talent than App State. I understand that. But they have to win. Um, And so, I'm going to end because I don't want to see Miami win. My prediction, I've been giving my prediction now before I even make any other comments. But my prediction, I really think Texas A&M is going to edge this one out. Just out of... Yeah, 
We'll, we'll wait to get your your final prediction score. Yes. Do you think Texas A&M is going to edge it out? Yes, by three points. My question is, who's going to start? Are we are we starting Haynes King after his performance against App State and Sam Houston? Are we starting Max Johnson, the LSU transfer? Hmm. At this point, start Max Johnson. What do you have to lose? Yeah, you don't have much to lose. Well, actually, I mean, theoretically, you do have a lot to. I guess maybe you do have a lot to lose. But I mean, the the status quo ain't getting it done. So yeah, I think it, I think it's really important what you said, Zach, about this Texas A&M program and where it's at. And one of our points here is it's a crossroads for the Texas A&M program. Um, I, I pointed it out to you, Zach. Yeah. That. It is no longer Alabama as your biggest game of the year. Like that, it's not at A&M. That's probably what you were hoping for. Alabama is our biggest game. Every single week, every team you play, Jimbo Fisher is your biggest game of the year. Because it is a must win from here on out. There were so there are, the expectations for this team were so high. They probably, were probably undeservedly so. Yeah, undeservedly high. But I Besides the COVID year, what has Jimbo done? Eight and four, seven and five, nine and three. The same could be said. I I have been saying this for a while. I don't buy on to, buy into him as a coach. I think he's got the Gene Chizik bug in the fact that he's got a natty because he had a generational talent playing quarterback. I mean that, that, that was, hurts. I, I haven't seen. Show me show me where he's won a national championship without. At Jameis Winston. Now I know you could go and say the same thing about Dabo. I'm not saying that Dabo's overrated. Dabo's one with two guys that I mean, honestly, I don't know if they were quite as dominant as Jameis Winston was the one year that that we saw the 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 heavy loaded Jameis. I know the the year before the playoff, 2013. But Nick Saban, like- Nick Saban won a national championship with uh, with Greg McElroy and AJ McCarron. Yeah. And not that I mean AJ McCarron was a good quarterback, but I mean he challenged for an SEC championship game with John Parker Wilson. I he also lost to UL Monroe with John Parker Wilson, but still he <laughs> he challenged for a, a, a title game with with Parker Wilson. He didn't need an outstanding quarterback to go and be successful. I haven't seen Jimbo Fisher be successful without one at all. He has not two just, big wins as a Texas A&M coach. Alabama and Alabama and beating North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. I would say the Florida win when Florida had Pitts and Kadarius Tony was That a is true. Win. That's true. I forgot about that. I would that say that one. was a pretty big win. That's for him. a big win. Other and, than those three. Because that Florida, that Florida too, team is really talented. Obviously the most impressive one out of that is the one against Bama. Yeah. And it had yes. the most meaning behind it given the fact that he was the first assistant to beat Saban. That's true. However, Alabama also played that week the same version that we saw Alabama play this past week against another Texas team. Yep. And that one just Which, that one that one bit them because Texas A&M this Texas A&M last year was still probably a better team than Texas is this year. Texas um, might be back though. Low key. Don't say that. Please. Texas might be back. Low key. Maybe. In the years to come, Quinn Ewers. To quote Funny Man, yeah, to mediocrity. <laughs> 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 I don't know, man. They well, we're not here to talk about Texas. I got one thing before I'll move off from this Texas A and M rant that I've been going on for two two days now. Uh, you guys heard it in the breakdown, um, but I I have more ammo, 
in store. Uh, I don't believe in evolution. <laughs> All right? I don't. But in college football, I believe in it. Yeah. You can either adapt or you die. Okay? You have two <laughs> options. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban know this, and they have adapted. Jimbo Fisher has yet to realize this. So if I see a change in this Texas A&M offense, it has to be this week. Because if I don't see a change this week, then I don't think Jimbo's going to change it. I don't. I, I think Jimbo might be a little too stubborn to change it. We know how Jimbo is. All right? We've seen his press conferences. All right? He's, he has to adapt or he has to die. It's survival of the fittest in college football. All right? And right now, if he doesn't adapt, this program will die. His coaching status is going to die. His rapport within the Texas A&M program and what they believe he's doing, especially in recruiting, is going to die. Some of those five stars and four stars that he's recruited, those elite guys, may start to disbelieve in what he's preaching and what he's coaching if the same product is always going on the field. Yeah. Oh, enough with that. <laughs> Bold I predictions. Think, I think he's already got an uphill battle. I think it was Josh Pate was talking about this this past week. Uh, Zach, I don't know if you heard this, but he was he was basically talking about how the predicament with this last recruiting class at Texas A&M is that you have the guys that have been there for four or five years. You got your big offensive linemen that have been there for four or five years that are um, that are. Uh, They've been in the program. They've worked their way up. They're trying to fight for a starting position. And then you got some 18-year-old that rolls in, and he has a million dollars worth of NIL deals and a brand-new Dodge Charger, and he comes into playing time. And that fifth-year senior, that fourth-year guy that has worked his tail off to try to get a starting spot is sitting over there going, man, I, I, don't, I don't have any of that, and I'm not going to play either. So what's the point? Jimbo's got a problem with the fact that his leadership is corroded. If that is, in fact, what's going on in the locker room. And the the possibility that that is true in the locker room is is definitely there. Um, I, I Yeah, you were talking about bold prediction. Are you start, and I guess I'll let you take it. That's just another thought that I had about Jimbo. Jimbo, I... I don't think it's a good situation over there. And I remember having conversations when he got hired at A&M thinking that those conversations were going on the lines of, hey, you know, Aggie Nation, just look at the state that Florida State is currently in and tell me that's there's not a chance that happens to y'all. Um, it was, I mean, it was reminiscent of when Urban Meyer left Florida. The program was oh, yeah. on was a, a flaming pile of trash. Yeah, it's taken forever to get it back. Up. Florida State's still not back. They haven't recovered. No. And no. I'm just I'm just seeing the start to a storm in College Station that For you don't want. And if you're Jimbo Fisher, I, I mean, he ran out on Florida State. 
would he not? I don't, I don't know if he would just ditch Texas A and M. He's not going to. He's going to get fired. <laughs> That's true. <But laughs> adapt see, or die. Getting, yeah. getting fired adapt hurts die. his coaching stock. Mm-hmm. So if he if, gets fired, Texas A and M, I can't see him bouncing back. Imagine, imagine getting fired no, and then going a, to the Saban p- Clinic after everything that's happened with Saban. <laughs> well, it's a pinnacle job. You know yeah. how funny that would be? But, but like, hey, come coach for me. You'll be all right. A- A&M's a pinnacle job, if not the yeah. pinnacle job, given the money that they're, I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, the money they're putting into their program is you immense. Don't, you don't go up from A&M. I know. Which there makes it worse. money and time, but the product isn't on the field. What's going on, b- before we move on, I was thinking about this, what has to be going on in that locker room, in the weight room, the culture on camp? for this to be happening to such a star-studded team. Well, that's what I was saying, too, about the fact that you got all these 18-year-olds with NIL deals and a bunch of you know, juniors and seniors and, and super seniors that don't have that, that have been in the program that haven't had to work or that, that have put in the work getting supplanted by guys that have come in that have half a million in NIL that mm-hmm. haven't worked and they're just given a starting job right away because they're more talented than the, the senior that's in front of them. Mm. Also, one more thing. I just thought it'd be real quick, but you know, A and M got upset. And it was a pretty big upset this weekend. There was another big upset um, where Marshall beat. I've, I've already, Notre I've already, I've no, already I know, I know you covered it. I just wanted to I, say. I know what you're gonna say, but it I gotta say it, it doesn't need to be on the podcast. Ohio State's overrated. All right, okay. move on. Iowa right. State, Ohio State. Ohio State. I've been Sorry. saying it. I've been saying it, and that's they why are. I, they are. They are. Hey, hey, right here, right here, right here. Absolutely. We just fist bumped. In case you were <laughs> I didn't see that actually. <laughs> Uh, Texas A&M right now is five and a half on the spread. I was I was really shocked when I saw that spread, but then I realized it's at Kyle Field, so that probably gives about three points to the spread. I have Miami outright, twenty four twenty, and I think there's actually somewhat of an offense for Texas A&M, but I don't think it has anything to do with the offense changing, but everything to do with maybe Miami's defense hmm. uh, not being as good, even though they're holding them to twenty points. Yeah, I think, I think the spread, what you see just from the stats and the way people are going at this game, this is going to be close. I really think this game is going to be close because Texas a and fighting for their life and Miami just wants to be back, like actually, and they're not. But even if they win this game, they're not. Congrats, you beat a team that lost to App State. But we'll see. We'll see. 31-27 Aggies. Man, you guys are both going to Aggies. Mm-hmm. I'm a lone star guy here. All right, well, we'll see you next week. What 28-14, Aggies. 28-14. Mm. That's my final Man, prediction. Man, he's goals. going to – he's taking A&M to cover. Yeah. Are you – what was your prediction? I said 31 – did I say – yeah, 31-27, Aggies. Okay, so you're taking Miami to cover, but – 28-14, I say they they get ticked off, and Jimbo Fisher buys himself a little more time. All right, let's move on to Probably not. Uh, when you're, Georgia. When you're, when you're ticked off and you still only score 28 points. <laughs> number, number one, Georgia. Oh, man. I've, I've been waiting to talk about this game. Oh, no. <laughs> well, let me say that again for you, Grant. Number one, Georgia. Yeah, number I one. I don't, like, I don't like it. South Carolina. All right? I don't, I don't like it. Give you some context. The last, what, three years ago, South Carolina beat don't remind Georgia. Me this game. All right? But I will, I will take this. I remember I, I, that. I will say... This is not the same Georgia team that lost to the South Carolina team. No. This is a much different Georgia team. Um, <laughs> no. Georgia beat Sanford 33 to nothing. Remember, Sanford's a good team, all right? Remember what they did to Florida last year? <laughs> um, that was a joke for running the podcast. Uh, South Carolina lost to Arkansas 44 to 30. That game was not that close. And I know 14 points. He was like, how is that close? It, it should have been a lot worse. 
Um, keynotes. You know, before I get into my keynotes, initial thoughts on the game. Don't give predictions yet. Initial thoughts on the game. I, I just don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> I George, mean, George is currently twenty-four point favorite on the road. Yeah. First of all, first of all, if you would have told me two years ago that through two games, Stetson Bennett would have more touchdowns and passing yards than Spencer Rattler in a season through two games, that would have blown my mind. But I, I, I'll I, save a lot of what... I just don't think it's going to be very good. Physicality I think on the line of scrimmage, is that... Everything. Physicality, speed, execution, just their talent. South Carolina has not shown me any talent. Arkansas is a good team. They gave, they let Arkansas score 44 points. And I'm, I'm not saying that Arkansas is not capable of that, but they also let, you know, 44 points is a lot. Um, and if they're giving up 44 points to Arkansas, I don't want to know how many they're going to give up to Florida, uh, to Georgia. Because, first of all, Stetson Bennett is playing some football. That's all I'm saying. Stetson Bennett is 49 for 65. That's very high percentage. I can't do the math in my head right now. That's like almost 80% passing percentage. That's ridiculous. This is not going to hate on him. This is not hating on Stetson Bennett. No, hate they, on they are, go they, ahead. They, hate they, on him. Hate on him. <laughs> These Make they are they are short of they are short of throws. Yes. All right. He doesn't but have he's to do it done. Let, let me say this. He doesn't have to do a lot. He doesn't have to do a lot because he has talent around him. But that's not I anyway, am not disappointed. What I was saying. He I go watch the Justin Flo hit. He's telling Justin Flo to come hit him. He comes up and hits him and still I hits AD Mitchell. I on the think sidelines. Stetson Bennett should be number one for the Heisman right now. Oh, amen. Really? I think he should be number one for the really? Heisman. I'm not hating. I'm just not saying a, we have to keep things in context. They are shorter. May. They are shorter pros. Don't even say that. Go heels. Facts, dude. Go heels. Look, I'm I'm not saying I'm saying that they are shorter throws. Like, are they not? Are they are a lot of them shorter throws? They're they're mid level throws. That's fine, but the the thing he, is, like his his when he has thrown it downfield, it's been on the money. Yeah. He just has we we yeah, have, like we've he's, played two scrub teams so far. Not yeah. I, 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 Oregon's not a scrub team, but he, <laughs> even against Oregon, he didn't need we we didn't have to do it. There was no here's, need to throw here, the ball down. Here's I'm not saying things, he can't do it. I'm just yeah. saying right now. Here's some things I've seen so far from this Georgia team. And al- although Sanford, you know, scrub team, Oregon, not very good in my opinion. I'm not going to give my prediction for the game yet. Georgia is the best team in the nation. They are the right best football team in the nation. Alabama is not better than Georgia right now. Especially from what we saw against Texas. Not that Texas is a bad team. I think Texas is potentially top twenty, top fifteen from the way that from the way that we saw them. When play Quinn band. Ewers is healthy. When Quinn Ewers is healthy, yes. But <laughs> Georgia's defense It's it's they lost a lot of people. And they're they just reloaded and said, like, come. Did you like that shotgun blast? Come get some more. Essentially, like, they're ready. <laughs> you think this guy's good? Just wait till you see our yeah. backup. You know, like, th- they're ready. I mean, the physicality, the way that eleven hats are moving towards the ball, the way they're hitting. They are excited to play defense, and they're like, please, like, give give us somebody to hit. And that's a championship level defense. That's the 
type of Georgia defense we saw last week. Also, Ladd McConkey for Heisman. Oh, I forgot to respond. He, Zach texted me that earlier today, and I don't remember. I guess I think I was in a conversation. I about flipped out. I was laughing so hard. I was like, "Yes, absolutely." That um, kid is a player. He's well, yeah. And somebody compared him. He's George's Hunter Renfro, and there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, um, he's a little more athletic, I think. Maybe, but um, and uh, uh, Lad McConnell. That's just a better name. Oh yeah, but Lad. Anyway, yes. Look at this lad. <laughs> Look at this lad. Um, yeah. Um, I've said this before on the podcast, but does everybody remember Jalen Carter was third on the depth chart last year? Yep. He 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 picked up and tossed an Oregon offensive lineman. He was third <laughs> on the depth chart last year. Wow. Also doubles as a fullback at night. Um, hey, shout out to the fullbacks of this world. Y'all are the real heroes. That's true. Context, um, I, everyone. I, I, Zach played fullback in high school. <laughs> I did. That's why. It's the most fun position ever. <laughs> it, when, whenever you're playing the wishbone. Sorry, Grant. Go ahead. No, you're good. I... I um, all right, preview for this game. First off, I think it was a couple weeks ago I saw this on Instagram where I don't remember who it was, but there was a post about the new lights at williams Bryce Stadium and the combination with Sandstorm and that this was this they they played the video of sandstorm inside. It was an empty <laughs> williams Bryce, but they had the sandstorm going with the light show. It looked cool. It, it did. Oh, it looked really cool. And the caption said, where Georgia comes to die week three. Something along those lines. Ah. All right. Shout out to whoever did that. It's ah. a noon game. It's not a good start. The lights are going to be pointless at noon. So you're, huh. you're already off to not even. Well, they, I, they are going to college sure, at South Carolina. Somebody needs, <laughs> it's true. Somebody <laughs> needs to make sure that, that Carolina does know what time the game is at. Um, I don't they don't want to know. I don't they think. might as well not show. Um, this this I think this is going to be a beatdown. And I was actually at the Carolina game last year in Athens. That game was an absolute beatdown. Yeah. And honestly, Carolina overperformed what I thought they were going to. Now, given I think they had a cheerleader playing quarterback, but still, Sheesh. they they scored thirteen points. I Old believe man I think playing quarterback. Thirteen points in that game. Yeah. That they overperformed what I thought they would. Shane Beamer said it best in his press conference after the Georgia game last year. They got thirty-five. He got, yeah. He said he he said he was asked a question, a very dumb question, but he was asked a question nonetheless. What did Georgia do just to make it difficult for you on offense? And Shane Beamer, and rightfully so, looked at that man like he was a moron and said, "What did they do? They, well, for, for starters, they have a hundred five stars on defense. They have." They have a yeah. player that's six six three forty and runs better than anybody in this room right now. <laughs> now, obviously, he's gone. Jordan Davis is now in the and NFL. Jalen Carter's now, but yeah. Jalen Carter. I'll be, yeah, not too he, bad Georgia couldn't Jalen Carter moves just talent. as well. But he, he's only three thirty, but still, <laughs> it's they're going to run into the same issue. I think Spencer Rattler, who if you look at the, if you look at Carolina's uh, past few, the, the the sample size we have of him at Carolina, they can't keep him upright. No. He's been has he been sacked what eight times so far this year? Been sacked a lot, guys. Spencer Rattler's supposed to be mobile too, and then you're gonna say that he's gonna be able to keep. Nope. That he's gonna be able that they're gonna be able to he's gonna be able to stay away from uh from Robert Beal and from Nolan Smith, and that somehow they're gonna be able to relieve that by running up the middle on Jalen Carter, and then he's got to deal with with um with Keely Ringo and Malachi Starks when he throws the ball downfield, and Chris Smith is hanging around. At, 
at safety, and then if he does somehow get past the defensive line, Smile Mundins standing right there. They're, I'm not they're, saying they're that. Gonna, no, I know. I'm just you're not. I know. I'm just I'm just no, showing this out here. No one. You'll find out exactly a, what I'm saying in a couple just, seconds. That's just the first string defense. We can move over to the offense. Look at you have Zach with this amazing guys. I wish I'll, I wish I could show you like the the preview that Zach does for us. Oh, like, it's beautiful. With the stats and everything. It really is beautiful. It's great. It's, it's Appreciate illustrated. Appreciate it. Awesome. Guys. And it's even like now we don't just have school logos we actually have like the roster picks for each individual oh, player yeah. on here for their for their team leaders hmm. um looking at at uh georgia's leading um rushing r- obviously their their leading rushers actually this the second string running back uh kendall milton but look at receiver yards zach the i believe it was the breakdown after the oregon game i think where you and i had a conversation about we were talking about georgia and how do you defend any sort of passing offense from Georgia because you have a guy, a, a quarterback coming off a national championship. With, they go four deep at tight end. Yeah, I don't. And yeah, I, I don't know. I told you this. I told another friend of ours, Brandon Davis, this. Yeah. Georgia's the only team in the country that can run a four vertical pattern out of the jumbo, because they they literally have wide receivers playing tight end. From the, playing experience as from playing corner and in, in middle school and high school, seeing that. Yeah, it's terrifying. If I'm a corner. Yeah, I'm terrified. No, this because I gotta, you I gotta, cannot guard them. I got to figure out how to tackle Darnell Washington downfield with a full head of steam. This yeah. this Georgia offense, but, we talk about their defense. This Georgia offense right now looks kind of unstoppable, from what I've seen. And people were complaining last week about them looking lethargic in the first half, where they scored thirty, 30 points, thirty and nothing, half, and they were like, eh, "This looks Manila." I thought it did. I I've spoiled. I literally was like, "Man, we kicked two field goals to start this game." What are we doing? And then we scored thirty points before Sanford's halftime. Good. <laughs> yeah, but my point, my point I was going to make with the receiver was even with even yeah, man. even with even with Bowers and Gilbert and Washington and Delp, and that's not counting the other the, the actual wide receivers you have to cover. Georgia's leading receiver is Kenny McIntosh hey. playing running back. They're, they've got so yeah, many weapons, and we coming into this year, they, there's like who's Georgia going to have outside of the tight ends? Who are the weapons going to be on offense? They got more weapons than they knew than they know what to do with. Don yeah. Blaylock had a catch last week. Hopefully he's coming back. He's one of the most talent talent wise, he's one of the most talented receivers in the Southeastern Conference. He just can't he hasn't been healthy. Mm-hmm. True. People forget him and Pickens were supposed to be the dynamic duo. Yeah, Blaylock. I, I think remember that. Well, the Walton more we count, look at this uh, game, Walton High School. the more you realize where George is at and the more you realize where South Carolina's at. It's a world of difference. I, I see right here on our on our notes i see two extremes either one spencer rattler in the offense play the best game they'll play all year or south carolina's defense plays the best game they will play all year and maybe maybe they win the game <laughs> i i say what game th- this game <laughs> this oh, game okay. against the number one ranked <laughs> even georgia, if south uh, I, i'm saying that even if south carolina forces turnovers yeah. even if they force turnovers and they win the turnover battle i don't see a way they win if Georgia's on their A plus game, this they're is, not oh, gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> if they're on their A minus game, they're not gonna win. If Georgia's on their B plus or B minus game, South Carolina's still not gonna win. C range, it might get a little muddy, but I would still take Georgia. But if you tell me the only time where I would be like, okay, South Carolina has a chance to win this game is if Georgia plays a D or F game. If they are on their D, their their um they're on their F F game, South Carolina can win this game. Anything else? Anything else? 
I, 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 and again, going back to the, I don't see a win here. If, and Saturday, going back to Saturday, <laughs> going back to Saturday down south. If if you look at when they did game grades from last week, what you just described, the D and F range, that's what Alabama gave Texas this past week. Yeah, and yeah. Texas still lost. Yeah. And on the Saturday down south, fifteen game, penalties. Yes, on the South Carolina game, four of them against the best player in the country. Mm-hmm. But if if you have if 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 I think it was Saturday down south when they did when they did the game grades had Alabama at a D and they still a D minus actually they still won the football game. Yeah, I think if Quinn yours is in that game, Texas wins by about ten. But you could make an argument that I don't know that Spencer Rattler is going to make the same difference in in the Georgia game that Quinn yours would have in the Texas game. He's not. I just I there there's Michigan <laughs> Michigan he here's the thing you got a guy that's not used to the southeastern conference he he looked real good at Oklahoma the, the three of us would look good at Oklahoma they don't they don't play defense in the Big Twelve I don't if, know man well, five, do five nine quarterbacks they normally do don't now. do too well they do now they do now I'm gonna pretend like you didn't say the that bi- so I can continue okay. taking Baylor you does Baylor plays defense and then they lost yeah anyway they and lost they, they lost, lost to BYU. BYU Brigham Young I know they, they <laughs> play defense they play defense. Watch the game. They do. Uh, yeah, and bring Brigham Young to come and play a, a, a 7A high school team in South Georgia. We'll see. if That might actually be a game. Hey, dude, hey, Samford dude. has a strong defense, too. That's why they held Georgia to 33 points. <laughs> that's so true, man. Did Florida that's, beat Samford last year? Yeah, 70 well, to 52. They scored dude, almost 80. That took a lot of heart from that Florida team. I was I really impressed with that win. Yeah, I was impressed, anyway, too. Anyway. Um, uh, Troll. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, Spencer Rattler's coming from Oklahoma. To a different, there's a different game when you come to the SEC, and I, I'm just saying we all said we all knew Michigan that was good. You beat Ohio State last year. They looked lost on the field with Georgia. They didn't know what to do with that kind of speed because yeah. even when they play Ohio State, Ohio State doesn't have that kind of speed on defense. No, and yep. no team has it. No, outside of outside of Tuscaloosa and Athens. I, I don't even think Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa had, has had it, though, is what I'm they, saying. Yeah, they've had it. Even if they don't have it. And I'm not, I'm not they, ready to say they don't have it. They have it on the edge. They have it, it on the edge with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. Yes, I'm not and yeah, I'm not willing to say they don't have it this year yet. But they probably having said they, yeah. and by, by the SEC Championship game, they will. Absolutely. But here's here, the – I just don't think that Spencer Rattler is going to be ready for this. We, it's the same. It's the same story. Every time that you have an opposing quarterback that looks incredible when they play an SEC defense, look at Oklahoma. They've they've tried it three times against SEC schools with three different dynamic quarterbacks in three different games against three different schools. Yeah, they played Georgia, they played Alabama, and they played LSU. Every single one of those games, Oklahoma lost in the kind of game that they wanted to play. They got out Oklahomaed. <laughs> yes, there's Spencer Rattler. It's the, it's the same. It's the it's the same story. Um, that's going to happen on Saturday, and I, I don't think is it that prediction he has, time. Maybe oh, it it's is. prediction time. You can go ahead and make. You don't it. think that he has what? I I I don't think he's got what it takes to stay on the field. I think, and you already looked two touchdowns, three interceptions. I think he has two picks in this game. Oh yeah. You want me to go first, or you go first? Go ahead. <laughs> so because I'm going to give so I'm going to give, give a more dynamic prediction. I'm going to give you some details. Yeah. In this one. So he, Grant gets hyped when he talks about Georgia. I think South Carolina is going to get throttled um unless caleb williams trey close your ears unless caleb williams is starting for usc which he's not at spencer radler um i don't see south carolina scoring more than a touchdown i'm gonna say 45 7 dogs 
45-7. I don't disagree. Um, Even though it's at South Carolina, 45-7. Now, maybe maybe South Carolina can show some life. They can put three scores on the board, you know, only lose by 30 or so. But I, from what I've seen from the Georgia offense so far and the defense, and literally we were just talking about how Spencer Rattler doesn't look that mobile even though he's supposed to be mobile. He's going to be running for his life on Saturday. Zach. You're going to go – you want my prediction? I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I was going to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, what's the question? <laughs> what does the year 1978 mean? What does the year 1978 mean? I have no idea. That was the last time Georgia went two games without giving up a touchdown. Make it three for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Wow. Mm. You made a point, Zach – Edwards that yeah. they're going to need um, Caleb Williams playing quarterback to be yeah. competitive in this game. Yeah, they're going to need Caleb Williams and you might want to throw in who was the dude the um, Sky uh, Sky Moore was play, was he the one that played linebacker was he linebacker at South Carolina? Yeah, gonna Sky need, Moore. They're going to need uh, Marcus Lattimore incarnate. Jadavion Clowney. They're going to need Jadavion Clowney um, <laughs> and the, the Michigan one not the NFL version. I mean if they wanted uh, to score a single more than one touchdown they the would NFL need The NFL version is actually better than the college one. Because it's pros, so just throw yeah. But he there. got lazy and overweight. And yeah, he did. Anyway, yeah. Um, he's fat. <laughs> no, just kidding. But he he'll, he'll, live in, he'll live in infamy for that outback bull hit. Oh my goodness! Um, but oh. still, there. South Carolina deserves to have it. And they do. do. Oh, what a what a, what a great call! <laughs> we, I relive that. We love college football. The other night. Um, anyway, yeah. There's a. Uh, um, Prediction 48 3. We're so, all going to go with the spread is 24 on this game. Oh, Georgia's covering the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have Georgia covering the spread. Now, I have Georgia 38, South Carolina 13. I have South Carolina 13 because I think they score a late touchdown. Okay. Gar- uh, garbage time. I touchdown. think it's 30. I think it, the real score is 38 to 6. Yeah. I think somehow, some way, South Carolina has two field goals. I don't know how that happens, but I don't think that Georgia offense allows that Georgia defense allows a touchdown. But I think at the end of the game, if you put your backups in, I think Spencer Rattler in that South Carolina offense is competent to score um, on a backup defense of Georgia. Man, know. that's saying something. Um, we're gonna move on. All right. They're Again, going, they're, going, all, they're gonna. It's today felt like fall. Made me think of football, and it made yeah. me think of you know Thanksgiving's going to come up here pretty soon. We still got a little ways to go. Georgia's going to cover this game like leftover pumpkin pie after Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's it's oh, it's going to be yeah. a blowout. What <laughs> happens if it's not? We got a lot. We got a lot. To well, talk then about. Yeah. Zach can eat his words and admit that I was right with the whole analogy about Ohio State and the close game with Notre Dame and maybe he can make a comment about Georgia being overrated I don't mm. know because Ohio oh. State sure is maybe that was just a plug to get the Ohio State thing and go ahead Zach maybe me I know you were trying it's to get that it's not going to be close hey guys Ohio uh, State's overrated sleep <laughs> <laughs> Zach just comes out and says it I love it <laughs> just wait just wait alright we'll see just wait I still think they're a potential top 14 I don't have that kind of time but USC's Sleep, oh, we'll get there. Sleeper games. Um, what interests you the most? I have a list of games, all right? What game interests you the most this week, besides the four games that we mentioned? California-Notre Dame, right off the bat, I think that's a really important one, especially for Marcus Freeman. If Marcus, if Marcus Freeman loses to Cal... We're talking maybe fired. 
already. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to go that far. I want to go that far. Well, they're starting to think about it at least. <laughs> but there's a dude with a flamethrower sitting under his chair, and that thing's on full blast. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Because if he loses to Cal, he's losing in North Carolina. He, well, and, he's, and BYU. He's, he's, already, yeah. he's already starting to set records, but the wrong kind. He's, he's the first coach in Notre Dame history to um, start 0-3 in his career. He lost in the didn't he lost you, to Oklahoma did, State in the bowl game. Yeah, last so year. he's, he's Owen, They're zero and two this year. Okay, yeah, that's right. He's zero and three. He's, he's, he's yet, he has yet to win a game as a Notre Dame head coach. Yeah, rip Notre Dame fans. I think that's really really important. I mean, just Notre Dame. Were they ranked? What f- six, seven, five, five? They were ranked. And I five was fully against that. I said Notre Dame was not that good. When has Notre Dame ever been a top five team in the last ten years? When? I think the closest they got was 2012. 2012. When they were number one for a while. But again, we all know that that national championship game should have been either Florida were, or Alabama or Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. That that, that was, I was going to say, they were actually ranked number one in the national championship game and yeah. then proceeded to lose by 32. They got smacked by Alabama, correct? Yeah. 42 to 10. 42 to 14. Yeah, they're check just that. not. All right, we're going to check who knows scores from 10 years ago better. Grant, come on. <laughs> It was 42-14, I know. Yeah, but honestly, Notre Dame, you got to win that game. Just got to win that game. I think one of the games that interests me most is the uh, the Kansas and Houston game. Yeah. What if Kansas wins? If, if we're talking about Kansas being 3-0, I, I, hey, I Rock, have some talking. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Just kidding. I hate you, Kansas. I can see the point. It's 42-14. Okay. Stay yep. corrected. I stand yep. corrected. I hate Kansas with a passion, but we're not here to talk about basketball. We're talking about football. Why? No, no, no. We're I'm not. No, I, I we do not. We do not hate on Kansas for football. No. Yeah. There's no they hate. Beat Texas. Hey, I hope. I hope Kansas. <laughs> I hope Kansas. I hope Kansas beats Houston. Good for them. I just hate their basketball program oh. because of what they've done to us over the past couple of years. I know. You're still crying about it. Yeah, uh, it's okay. We're gonna another game that interests me. Uh, let's talk about Fresno State and USC. Because Zach, you have a point with USC. What did you have them at three? If you were to make a top twenty-five poll, you have them at three. If I were to make a, let's fast forward to December. We're not fast forward in December. Right now, we don't talk about the college football playoff yet on this. All right, then I won't. I'll talk about right now. From what I've seen. I think USC is better than Ohio State, and I still think Ohio State's a top four team in the nation. Does that mean they're it's bold, definitely, it's definitely bold. a top six team? I think Ohio State because they are going to get better. I, I 100% think they're going to get better. Think about this for a second. USC's defense kind of has this bend don't break mentality that I've seen so far. Whenever they played Stanford. They forced two red zone turnovers. That They let Stanford drive all the way down the field. They got in the red zone. Both of these, one was an interception in the end zone. Another was on the three-yard line. Somebody puts his helmet on the ball and knocks the ball out. I can't remember who the defender was. But they caused two red zone turnovers inside the five-yard line. Right, Like I said, one in the end zone. So they've got a lot of heart. That demon's got a lot of heart. I, I don't think it's going to be like, let's say, well, we're not going to talk about the playoff. But if they play against, whenever they play against better teams, it's going to be harder for them to stop, make those stops, because people aren't going to make those kind of mistakes. But they've they've caused nine turnovers 
this USC defense has caused nine turnovers. And defense is definitely the biggest question mark for them. So far, they've caused nine turnovers. And they also have Caleb Williams. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, and Travis Dye, who did pretty well at Oregon. So thousand yard rusher. You you've got two receivers who could very well be first round picks. And Jordan Addison, arguably the best receiver right now in the national in the wow. Country. And, yeah, in the country, in the NCAA, Jordan Addison, arguably. We're we're gonna have to start wrapping up. I, I do actually agree with the USC take. Yeah. Not at three, but I agree they're in the top ten and they could definitely move up, especially how the Pac twelve looking. Last thing before we end the podcast, North Dakota State will beat Arizona. Bold prediction, North Dakota State will beat Arizona. That's all I got to say. That's the end of the podcast, y'all. Grant, Zach, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Again. Dude, it was fun. Great, Grant the veteran. You didn't Zach, ask me, by the, the way, rookie. which which of the sleeper games. I, I need oh, a, I need, oh, I need, oh, I need oh, a, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I need yeah. Go actu- ahead. I need an actual <laughs> sleeper game. I need a good nap on Saturday. Ooh. And uh, I'm I'm thinking that Purdue Syracuse slot's gonna be a good one to have his white noise on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> There's my sleeper game. All right, send right. us off, Zach. I'm uh, done. <laughs> He's out. All right, He's gone. Uh, that's I, I don't know if I can focus now. I can't do my regular outro. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on RSS.com. We are planning to be on YouTube soon. Again, that is yes, still sir. in the works. We'll give you more information when it happens and. We might even have a college basketball podcast coming on soon as well. So keep that in mind. All right. I am Zach. That is the other big Zach over there. And that is Grant Bagwell. Thank you guys for joining us.